0: that God is in love with you? Do you know that he yearns to spend tabernacle time with you, to dine with you? Do you know that God actually invites you to a banquet, to an exquisite meal that he actually prepares for you, that he plans this? He actually decides what is on your personal menu best of his blessings, all your desires of your heart, and he lays a beautiful table with a beautiful tablecloth, and he serves you. He actually goes and fits you, and he pulls out your table, and he serves you. But we, because we're overly busy and overloaded, we settle for fast foods and takeaways, and we miss the banquet with the king. So A. W. Tozer said, "The simple fact is that God gets the leftovers and never the main meal." And it's it's as this background that I want you to turn with me to Revelation two verse four. A scripture that the Lord has given to us at the end of the Bible. And this scripture is all about a matter of love and death. And first of all, I'm going to share with you three scriptures, three translations. And the first one is in the NLT. And the Lord says to us, but I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. The ESV says, but I have this against you, that you've abandoned the love that you had at first. And then the last one is, but I have, and this is in the Amplified, I have this charge, this grave thing against you, that you have left your first love, and it means you have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. I would um, invite you to join with me and just have a look at the words, at really what the Greek means, because there's such a lot of depth in in the actual meaning of, of the words itself. So the word abandon actually means desert. It means to desert something, to leave it. And the word in Greek means to send away, to permit to leave. So the Lord says to us, you... Have permitted me to leave you. Actually, have sent me away. That first love that you've sent it away. First is proutos in Greek. First is foremost in time, in place, in order, and importance. This is what first means. And love we all know is agape. And you know what love means. It means to prefer. It means to say, I prefer you Um, above anything else. I prefer you, you first. And it means a deep affection or admiration. It's the same as devotion. It's to be dedicated and loyal. So love in essence is you come first. It means, but you first. So what the Lord says is you've left the zeal, that passionate intensity, The tenderness, the tenderness of love. It's that that closeness, the tenderness, but also the seriousness, the holiness, and the presence. So remember, the church didn't forsake their faith. They knew who God was. And then he's actually talking to us as well. We know who he is. It's just they've lost their first tender, affectionate love, the warmth of it, the vigor of it. So, this is the depth of the scripture. It means that 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 depth that um, that first that preferred the devotion the everything that you have, the love that you have that 's the first love, and that is you you 've sent it away so just a little bit of context actually when i 've read about Ephesus um, there's quite a few things about this church. It was situated in a mighty and majestic city. It was a center of tourism and trade, a, a wealthy and very pagan city. And there were, there were a lot of idol worship. And the church existed in this surroundings and also in one of the most difficult periods in Christian history because of persecution, because of Nero. And you know what? This church stood firm in persecution. They were not idle. They were very busy. They worked hard. They had discernment. They knew about spiritual warfare. So on the outside, everything was was going strong. Everything looked great. But mere works are not enough to please the Lord. He wants more than the outward compliance. He wanted Jesus to be first in their hearts. So they started strong, but they lost their passion. And I believe that there's there's quite a strong word for all of us in this. It could be that you've started strong, and then you've just gradually lost your passion. It's not that vigor. It's not that affection. It's not that first, if you open your eyes in the morning, that first just, touch of the spirit of the lord it could be that the struggles of life the difficulties of of being of earning a living takes you away from that first love it could be that you're so busy with the wonderful things that the lord and the church offers so you're actually doing bible study you're going to intercession you're assisting at a a community service but you've lost that vigor with the lord I want to take us back from Revelation to where this love design has actually started. What was the original love design? And this original love design started with God. And he created us. His desire for us was to have a loving, close relationship with us. So it started in the garden. It started in Genesis 3, verses 8 where the Lord said, I just want to walk with you. I want to walk with you in the garden. I want to talk with you. I want to spend time with you. And it's a beautiful scripture. said they heard the sound of his footsteps as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. So the Lord designed it that he's close. He wasn't far. In which form he was? It, it actually doesn't matter whether it was spiritual or physical, but he wanted to be close. He wanted to be part. He wanted to be there with them. And then um, throughout the Bible, there's so many examples actually of how the Lord showed his love. And in Song of Songs 2 verse 4, it's one of the most beautiful scriptures, and I just want to read it to you. Um, if you have it, if you have your Bibles with you, I'm reading from the Amplified. It's actually a beautiful scripture to say The Lord is inviting you to his banqueting house and his banner over me was love for love waved as a protecting and comforting banner over my head when I was near him. So so the Lord started to say, I just want to be with you and my love is like comforting and all across you, I'm never leaving, I've never left you, I'm there One of the most beautiful scriptures that I've ever read about the Lord is Jeremiah 31, verse 20. And um, you will see that not all the translations are the same, Um, but but I've I've looked at the Hebrew words. And it says, the Lord says to Ephraim, you're my darling child, you're my beloved. And he said, my affection is stirred, my heart yearns. And what this means in Hebrew, the Afrikaans says, "My ingewande is and it's translated like that. But in Hebrew, it says that his whole, there's a commotion in his intestines, there's a commotion inside. So, can you think, where you sit now, that the Lord of the universe, the King of kings, the most amazing, Jesus Christ, he says when he thinks about you, when he looks at you, the whole of his inside is in a commotion. He turns around. He, so much he loves you. Um, so, so this is the love of the Lord that we have. We, it's, not, it's not that it's the, We have it for all of us. And he says it. It's for all of us. So what he then did... He made the biggest command in Mark 12, verse 30. He said, "I want you to love me," and and the, and it's a beautiful. It says, "And you shall love the Lord your God out of and with your whole heart, your whole soul, all your mind, that your thought thoughts and understanding and your strength." And I looked at that word "whole." it says it's total, it's complete. And you know what this word means in Greek? It's more than the sum of the individual parts. It's the whole thing. So that's what the Lord wants. He wants everything. He wants us to love him with our emotions, with our thoughts. He wants us to love him with everything we have. The only thing of this design that the Lord has or had from the beginning, is that he said you can choose. So he gave us a choice. He said you can choose to go as high up on the mountain as you want to, or you can choose this or this or not going there at all. And this is our problem. So we choose who and what we give our affection to. So there is over us this most amazing lover of our souls. But we choose whether we love him. We also choose whether we love somebody or someone more. We choose to love other things than God. And often we seek our satisfaction from creation. Everything we're busy with is good things as well and not the creator. And also we place our affections in the world instead of in God. Nothing bad to love your kids and your children, That's uh, your kids and your, your family. But it's, do you love God first? So we don't abandon our faith. We believe in God. We know he's amazing. But just our love. So the warning signs... Um, of growing cold, of losing that first love, is to delight in someone or something else more than you delight in the Lord. And I would like to share with you a story of Marian Hammerin, and she was the mom of Caitlin, who died in the Virginia Tech um, tragedy in 2007. A lot of students were killed, um, were shot, 31 of them. And she said that... Caitlin was her only child, she said, this is a testimony, she lived and worked and breathed for Caitlin and she said when Caitlin died she went through the most amazing period of grief, she lost everything, lost weight, her job, ability to, to live. And one day she was in a bush close to her house and she, she was so angry to the Lord. And she screamed and she said, Lord, where were you? And at that time she wasn't close. This is important. She wasn't close to the Lord. She knew of him, but wasn't close. Her daughter was close. And she said to the Lord, but where are you? Where were you? And she she screamed She said, I just wanted to see her smile and her face one more time. And clearly she heard the Lord said, you will and you can. But you will first have gotta go through me. And she contacted a friend and she started to read her Bible and she said the most important thing and pray and the most important thing that she's learned of this is that Caitlin became her god. Her focus was too much on Caitlin. She said she had to learn in the morning when she went when she woke up, she thought Caitlin, Caitlin throughout the day and Caitlin. And she said she had to learn to say Caitlin and then Caitlin, and then Jesus. And then later on, she woke up Caitlin, and then Jesus. So it was actually a whole process of refocusing. And she said, if Caitlin hadn't died, she wouldn't have met God as her first love. So I think the thing that we have that's difficult is that we're more willing to give our time, our money, and our energy to the things that we um, that we love more than the Lord, and, and when you sit here, you all know um, every one of us has got this in our lives it 's entertainment sometimes, sometimes it 's social media. You give your time to it, and, and the thing is that you choose: you choose how much time you give to the lord i 've got a friend who, have a t- who has a tennis elbow, and she says, her husband says it 's because of scrolling the whole time. <laughs> So, so the thing is that we do spend a lot, lots of time um, not, not really focusing on the Lord and not, not really loving him as we should. Um, then there are four Ps um, that we allow, and that is power, prestige, pride, and pleasure. And we allow them to sit on the throne of our life and not Jesus Christ. Some of us have got one of these that we have we've got to fight, and some of us got all of these. All of these things become too important in our life, in our lives, and then Christ um, gets to a less important place. So, where we live, what we wear, what we go to, what we watch, what we see—all of these things steal time from the Lord. Saint Augustine has said, "A land filled with milk and honey does not substitute the presence." So I think we strive for affirmation later on from the world rather than approval from God. And then we compare ourselves with others. And also in the era that we live in now, we are more concerned, we become more concerned about ourselves and our personal desires. It's the era of, um, of self, self-actualization and growth and all of that. I think the most important thing, actually, is when you spend a lot of time, say, for example, you, um, you spend a lot of time on social media. And this is what you do. You put it on first thing in the morning and throughout the day and during the day. You look at all your followers. You post. And then at night, you look at this person react. And if you count all of that, it's a lot of time. And then eventually, your brain and your eyes are filled with this. You become insensitive to the Holy Spirit. And you tend to miss sins in your own life because you focus on other things. I also think our passion, when we're so busy with other things, our passion actually to become more like Christ diminishes. Our soul does not long for that rich fellowship anymore. And um, if this relationship is not close and personal, then you cease to treat others the way you would treat the Lord. Um, I think one of, the, one of the other consequences is if this is not right and you focus so much on affection of the world, then you don't witness because um, people can think you're fanatical or it's important what others think. And it's, it's no longer the most important what God thinks. The, the most amazing thing about the scripture, though, is that God is calling you back, and I want to share three scriptures with you and it 's um, from three different translations. The first one is john fourteen verse twenty three um, and my Father will love you so deeply that he will come to you and we will make our dwe- we will make you our dwelling place. And when we spoke about the Holy Spirit, we said that's one of the most beautiful places where the Lord actually designed His love. And then He said, but my last resort is I'm going to stay within you. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit who's within you, who feels your vibration, who loves you from the inside. But look how lovely this is. He will love you so deeply that He will do this. And then John 15 verse 9, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. And look how lovely verse 10 is. For I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. So this is what we, if we, if we take that, if we, if we grasp that, we continually live nourished and empowered. Empowered is strengthened and authorized. Nourished is to be fed by him. And then the last scriptures, you will seek me. That's a promise. And you will find me when you seek with all your heart. This is one of the most amazing scriptures of grace, that the Lord says, if you, if you seek me, you'll find me. All you need to do is to say help, or teach me, or I choose. So today I think the word is to turn back. Some of this might not be applicable to you, some might. And um, the, the most amazing part of the scripture to me is actually... Um this is now not on the on this on the notes, but it's the it's the next verse. Verse 4 is the one that we've just discussed. Verse five. So the Lord started to say, I've got this charge against you, and verse five says, Remember then from what heights you've fallen. Repent. It says, Change the inner man to meet God's will. So what the Lord is saying to us. Remember, remember from where you've fallen. Remember where you've been, that first love. And I just want you all to close your eyes for a moment and just remember the first day that you gave your heart to Jesus. Just that emotions, because love is an emotion, that emotion that you felt. That that you felt. That adoration, the peace and the deep, deep sense of being loved. So if you if you can go there, then then you know from where you've fallen. And this was what the Lord says in verse five. Remember where you've been, remember what you've lost. So just a few things that the Lord says in his Bible. That would rekindle that love again is to meditate on His love for you. Remember, this is where it all started. So, I just wanted to say, on Monday morning, we had intercession at the church, and Amu has led it, and he said to us at the beginning, "We must just experience God's love for us." And James was doing our worship, um, sang a song about Jesus washing our feet. And you know it was it was I was standing there and it was difficult for me because I always see in my quiet time how I wash Jesus' feet. And it was so difficult for me to to grasp that whole thing is that he wanted to wash my feet. He wants to do it. He he wants to serve me, he wants to to clean me, he wants to love me. It's a love, a loving act. So um so to meditate. On, on his love to get that first because if you get that that's how you love back that's actually how it works so the theme of this month is first love but it's actually his first love for us become, becomes our first love for him and then to worship um, this is most probably one of the one of the most beautiful gifts that the Lord has given us that, that we can worship in thank you again for the worship team this morning as well um, just that time to adore him. Um, I, um, I pondered about this um, sermon the whole December, and um, then on Saturday morning, I, I, I prayed a bit on, not a bit, I uh, prepared on Friday <laughs> evening, and on Saturday morning, I actually woke up with that song that uh, just about the Lord coming to us and just being close to us and just loving us. It was just, when I woke up, that was the first thing that I've heard. Um, And I think this is the thing about worship, you're in his presence instantly when you worship. And the same with prayer. Prayer is that personal love, um, actually an adoration that you give to the Lord. We were in a church in Pretoria for um, 15 years, and one of the things that we had to do in our cell groups one week was to write a poem to the Lord, a love poem. Um, in our small group, and um, everybody had to do that's a personal thing we didn't share with each other. So I just want to encourage you this week, why don't you write a love poem to the Lord? It could be a song, it could be three words, it doesn't need to it doesn't need to it shouldn't be a rhyme, but just your words that you just share write it back to the Lord or sing it to the Lord, sing your own love song to the Lord. And then the other one is to study and memorize and meditate on his word. I'm just going to share a beautiful scripture to you, um, two, two of those that I've um, done over this, this um, holiday period, just um, prayed it back to him. And then another spiritual discipline is to fast. If you, can, if you can get it right to fast, it means that you are actually cutting out a lot of things out of your life and just, you're just focusing on God. Um, and um, Dirk and I um, are supporting a missionary for almost 30 years now. And he, every week, goes up the mountain. We started to, to um, we've met him when we were still in Pretoria and there was a mountain. We'd go up to mountain and that whole day fast and just spend time with the Lord and just focus on the Lord and love him. Um, so fasting and then ask him. Ask him to rekindle that love, your love for him. Remember, he is... Your shepherd, who leaves the 99 to come to you, is also, as Marileta is saying, is also the prodigal son father. He runs to you. When you say, Lord, I've, I think I've lost a little bit of my energy for you. Or, Lord, my time is just not what it should be. He says, come. He runs to you. So ask him. Ask him to rekindle it. I want to share with you a scripture, just to come back to point number four, from Psalm 103. I'm going to read it. If you want to close your eyes and just receive it, you're more than welcome. If you want to follow on the screen, you may do so. But it's about our Father's love, and and it's King David's song of praise um, that he wrote. It's from the Passion Translation, which is... um, Aramic, um, and it's more of a poetic um, stance, a background. This one says, With my whole heart, with my whole life, and with my innermost being, I bow in wonder and love before you, the holy God. Yahweh, you are my soul's celebration. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? You kissed my heart with forgiveness in spite of all I've done. Your love is like a flooding river overflowing its banks with kindness. So, so what I think is if you could start your day by this, there's just nothing that can separate you from the love of God. If you start that day, just, just bowing before him, receiving the love of God and, and um, singing it back to him, this is where it all starts to do it first the first thing in the morning. Um when um when we had COVID, I've spent a lot of time with the Lord actually um praying. And um that was last year, August. And one of the scriptures that I prayed a lot was Psalm 63. And now at the end of the year, I actually took it as my psalm for the for this year. And um it's, it's a lovely scripture about being close to the Lord. I just want to share this with you. Verse 1, O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly will I see you. My inner self thirsts for you. My flesh longs and is faint for you. My whole being follows hard after you and clings closely to you. Your right hand upholds me. So the the beautiful word in Hebrew for clings, for being close to him, is also cleave. It means like bone to skin. So close it is. Or your tongue to the roof of your mouth. If you do this, how close this is. And this is figurative of loyalty, affection, or to pursue. So what you're actually saying is, Lord, I want to cleave to you. I want to pursue you. I give you all my loyalty, I give you the loyalty of my heart, of what I'm busy with, of what I spent my time with and I want to conclude um, with the following God never asked to be part of your life he asked to be your life he never asked for a place in your heart he asked for your whole heart and he never said I want to be one of your passions he wanted to be the passion I want to ask Marilette and Natasha now to come to the front. And um, I want them to sing a song um, or to, to share a song with us. And this is bringing the scripture that we've read in Revelation to number seven, uh, to verse 7. And verse 7 says, if you get this right, verse 7 says, I will grant you to eat of the fruit of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So I've asked them to sing a very old song. Uh, most of you wouldn't know this song. Um, I, I do. It was still in my, <laughs> in my time when I was young. a very old song about the garden. It's called "In the Garden." And I, I just want you to just close your eyes and just, and just um, imagine that you're walking with the Lord in the garden and tell him your biggest desires. And the love that you have for him in this um, in this moment, and just, just turn all the deepest desires of your heart to the Lord for him to be your first love. To make that choice, to ask him for help wherever you need to minimise something in order to get more of the Lord, and just visualise where you walk with Him this year to come. I'm going to give a few minutes for, for quiet prayer with the Lord. then I would like to invite anybody that would need us to pray with you if you need to turn back to the Lord if you need to spend more time with the Lord if you would like to experience him deeper closer relationship with the Lord or anything else we invite you to come to the front and there will be prayer counselors praying here with with you I'm just going to close prayer now. Lord Jesus, we want to spend more time in the Holy of Holies with you. Today we want to repent where we've lost our first love and we commit the beginning of this year, Lord, to love you as our first love. We want you to guide us and to teach us, to help us. To embrace us and thank you that the whole of you yearns for us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I would just like to thank the worship team and especially the two of you. Thank you very much for this. Um, this coffee and tea served afterwards. And then Amo, just ask me to just ask you um, to remember the co-worker camp. And also um, the fact that this is not only a camp where you get to just spend time with the Lord again, but also in fellowship with the people in this congregation. So be blessed and have a wonderful day today.